Welcome to the Parent Points Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Cabot. The mission of this podcast is to help you, the parent, realize and accomplish this truth. You are the primary disciple maker of your child. I truly believe that this podcast only helps one parent grasp this and apply it to their home. It is 100% worth it. All right, everyone. So in this episode, we're going to be talking to two very wise individuals. And this is actually the first time I've had two guests on the same episode coming together. And they're like an all-star team. Like I'm super, like, listen, I am excited about this. It's like, man, cannot wait. Uh, But what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about how to develop a culture of discipleship within your home that's going to impact your student and the, the future generations of your family. And We're also going to talk about how to maybe even start that in your home. And we're going to talk to our guests about that. And I know that you might fall on the spectrum of you've never been taught how to disciple your kid. You've never been taught these things. And you're going to be maybe go down as a patriarch of your family parent. And that's going to be awesome. But maybe your parents, mom and dad, they kind of started this with you and you're trying to learn how to curate this. So we're going to talk about how to create and curate uh, this type of discipleship in your home. And Without further ado, today's guests are Crawford and Karen Loritz. Now, before I let them get the microphone, I'm going to have to just share a little story real quick. I'm uh, I'm going to have to just, you know, listen, I'm just blessed because I was in a conference where they were at speaking, where you guys were at, and I heard y'all, Crawford gave the opening talk to all the people, all the people at the conference. I was like, man, so good. And I look over and I see Karen just sitting there. And I read this book that her son wrote, The Dad Difference, and we're going to talk about that too in just a little bit, but uh, he talks about how his mom was just very strong and independent and bold. And I saw her sitting over there and I was just like, man, that can't can't be her. She looks so gentle, (laughs) so sweet, so caring. And then, (laughs) what'd you say? Docile. <laughs> Docile. That's a good word. That's a good word. Well, then, then I went over, y'all did a breakout session about marriage and I went over there and I hadn't heard Karen speak before. So I heard you Crawford and you shared and she got up and shared like points two and three and four or something. I was like, Oh, there she is. That's her right there. That's who Brian was talking about. Okay. I see the fire. That's, that's who it is. And after that, after that, I just felt the Holy spirit lead me to come talk to you guys, Karen specifically. I just came up to you and I, you know, I've asked people all the time to hop on podcasts with me and, you know, you get shot down. Sometimes you get told a lot of no's. That's okay. But you so graciously and genuinely just really was excited to hear about the mission and disagreed. Uh, maybe you had, to, we had to bring Crawford along, Karen. I know yeah, that yeah, yeah. wasn't, <laughs> in there, you know. that's right. We had to get him in here. I mean, it's okay. But uh, I just, I'm so thankful and I, I'm really blessed to be here. And just that story is just a, you know, it's really just a, a testament to God's goodness to my life and just you and you guys being willing. And I'm just so thankful. So uh, how are you guys doing today? Hopping in on the podcast. Well, we're doing good. You doing all right? Yeah, we're doing fine. Yeah, doing good. The sun is out in, here in Atlanta and the pollen is down. <laughs> so that makes for a good life. <laughs> so we're good. That's right. L- less tissues in the house. That's right. That's, yeah. what, that's what we're looking for. That's what we're looking for. Um, well, again, be- before we kind of get into the, the thick of this, uh, I just wanted y'all to share a little bit about who y'all are uh, for our listeners that may or may not know you, uh, your family, what y'all have been doing, where you serve. I know you've kind of made a little transition here recently. Just want to love give y'all opportunity to give us a context about who you guys are and what y'all are doing currently. Well, uh, we just came back from a, a, 
uh, an anniversary celebration trip. Uh, actually, our anniversary is next month, and we will celebrate 50 years of being married. So, uh, Let's go. yeah, yeah. So she uh, she deserves some combat pay for putting up with me for this, <laughs> that that long. And uh, you know, we've been in ministry th- the whole time, uh, four years with an organization in Philadelphia where we lived and planted a church, uh, helped to plant a church in uh, in Dallas, and. Uh, I'm sorry about that. Help help to plant a church in Dallas. And uh, then for 27 years, we were on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ. And and then for another 15 years, I was a senior pastor of Fellowship Bible Church and just just retired from being senior pastor, not retired from ministry. And Easter Sunday was my last uh, last Sunday. Uh, You want to share about the kids? Yeah, we have four adult children. Um, you know, Brian, Brian's the author of Dad Difference. Uh-huh. He's a uh, pastor of staff. And then Brendan, he's a pastor in Las Vegas. And then our daughter, Heather, is a teacher in Memphis. And then our youngest daughter, Holly, is a physician in um, um, Grand Rapids. And we have 11 grandchildren before all, between all four of them. And everyone was here Easter weekend to celebrate their dad, um, yeah. new venture, new assignment from God. So. Yeah, we had a house full. It was yeah, fun. It was great. 20, Twenty of us. Yeah, Crazy. delightful chaos. Yeah, right. <laughs> listen, my wife, uh, she's one of eleven kids, and so oh I, my. And listen, they all start with the letter A. That, oh, yeah. the letter yeah. N. Letter wow. A. 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 Alyssa. Yes. Oh wow! It's crazy. I go to Christmas uh, lunches or dinners there, like uh, during the Christmas, and people walk in that I've never met and they leave. I've never even known their name. It's <laughs> unbelievable. It's crazy. I'm just like, who are these people? They're somehow connected here. It's, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I want to start with this question. Uh, you guys just in all your wisdom, uh, and, and just seeing what your, your kids are doing. We're talking about the discipleship of sixth through 12th graders and, mm-hmm. and being primary disciples in the home. Uh, and I like to ask this question of every guest that hops on here because I love getting different perspectives. And personally, I love learning. Uh, and so why do you think people, parents, have strayed away from this thought process of being disciple makers of our own children? Like, from my perspective, it looks kind of like it was gradual. It's not like some ball dropped from the sky and we just automatically stopped being disciples, making disciples of our kids. From y'all's point of view and where you've come from and, and just in the seasons that y'all have been in, why do you think people, parents specifically, have kind of merged away and leaned away from this discipling of their own kids? Well, you know, I, I think um, just for me, I, I, I think that we've gotten addicted to the immediate. And so there is a reactionary side of parenting that has set in. And uh, we've allowed the children's needs or their wants to determine the direction of the household. And so um, the kids are involved in too many activities. We're running all over, all over town with the, you know, the SUV and putting incredible miles on that. We're, and before you know it, we're, try, we're trying to manage the, 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 the crises. And so there needs to be a return to intentionality. And uh, and not and and so you know this 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 blizzard of activity that we get addicted to works against where we want them to be, and and I think every parent has great desires for their kids, and I think most Christian parents want their kids to be great disciples, but I think we get caught up with the immediate, and so we need to step back a little bit and talk about what is core, what's most important, and then organize our time to execute that. 
Yeah, I, I also think that the busyness that we find ourselves, it's almost like we're in this cyclone mm-hmm. of busyness and we forget the importance that is not the temporal things that we do, but a long-term view. And we're just trying to squeeze too much into the lot in our own personal lives and the lives of our children without thinking to help. And then also sometimes we feel inadequate. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just going to send them to school or whatever the teacher yeah. says, or the, and you don't become involved because you're so busy yourself and maybe send them to church um, and let the church people, the professionals take care of raising my children. And we need to roll that back because we're ultimately responsible for these children to become productive citizens of not only of God, but of our country, of where we live. And so it takes time, but we can get into that little cyclone of busyness, you know? And we always had the thing in our family, we have four children, Crawford traveled 10 to 14 days a month. So, you know, it was Mm -hmm. like on me. And I says, pick one activity. And we're just going to do one activity per child and to do it well. And so we had to scale back on the expectations that we're just not going to be all over the place. So it's like Crawford says, intentionality. Yeah. And, it, you know, you're probably going to ask this question a little bit later on, Justin. But I think this this the elephant in the room, ha- I, I really believe about all of this is, is guilt. Uh, um, I think mm-hmm. as parents, you know, we we feel guilty that we're not where we want to be or need to be spiritually. And, uh, and so sometimes uh, it, it, it's not core. We want it to be core, but it's, it's not there. And so we deflect, we, we you know, do the very best we can, or we abdicate our responsibility and put it on guys like you and the church and the programs there and the stuff there and this Christian school or whatever it might be for them to be the surrogate models of what we need to be in the home. So uh, I think all of that, all of that crock pot of stuff uh, contributes to us not really being as intentional about discipleship as we ought to in our families. And really, we handicap our children later on because they won't know how to, yeah. to God give them a family, how to disciple them because it's already been done for somebody else and they haven't been equipped yep. personally. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a great segue into that next question that I wanted to ask both of you is, you know, this idea of curating or creating culture of discipleship. So you curate it, you kind of, you keep it in the crock pot, as you kind of said, and in, in your analogy, you just keep it in there and you, you want to, you know, keep adding to what your family has already done. If it's healthy, or there's people that have to create it. They are starting from ground zero. They didn't grow up in the church. Their parents just handed them off to the Christian school or just was super busy. And they were, they had to just, they're having to start fresh. And so what was that like for you two as you began to become parents, uh, as you raised four kids? Were y'all did y'all have to create it or did y'all curate it in your home? And what did that look like for you? Yeah, guys? you know, let me just say this. Uh, number one is that neither Karen nor myself are fourth members of the Trinity. So if you you ask her, <laughs> I mean, we we made a ton ton of mistakes, and uh, you know, we yeah. Uh, discipline the wrong child and all of that kind of stuff. Of course, we're, we're, we're very human. But I, I want to I go back to something when you said curate and create a culture of discipleship. Um, culture is an expression of identity. It's an expression of identity. And so in a very real sense, you, you, can't, you can't checklist yourself into establishing the right culture. Culture is an extension of who you are. And so, okay. so if you're going to have a 
culture of discipleship in the home, it begins with the eloquence of modeling. Mm -hmm. It's the eloquence of modeling. And, and that, that you've got to be a portrait of the desired destination yourself so that what you do is, is organic. It is, it is natural. It flows from your healthy relationship with the Lord. And see, so you can do all the right things and you can read all the discipleship books you want to, and you can have a checklist, you can have all this stuff going on, but you can create little mini Pharisees uh, mm. who either grow up to be legalistic or they get ticked off at you because they see underneath that there's not a, there's not a genuineness. And so in the words of the late Howard Hendricks, this stuff is caught rather than taught. And that's how you create culture. Mm. You, you model in your being what is most important. And so there's a connection between what you say and do and who you really are. Hmm. That's good. That's good. So were you guys the, would you consider when you started modeling this in your home, were y'all the ones as, as husband and wife that kind of started this in the, the Crawford family or the Loritz family, or were you guys, did y'all learn that from your parents? Well, it's sort of yes and no. Uh, Not for me. It's amazing that the Lord put us together. Crawford comes from this great um, a mother and father that loved Jesus and were married for over 50 years. And so he grew up in that. I did not grow up in a Christian family. I was um, the oldest of four children. My mother had unwed, she was an unwed teenage mother. Mm. And so I came into a relationship with Christ when I was a teenager. Mm. And so I didn't see that model at all in a home, even though I had a great mom that worked and loved her children, I did not have that. And so we had, I had to learn that not only from watching Crawford, but also having people to disciple me, adult women disciple me and encourage me to share with that with my children. Yeah. So it's funny how God puts opposites together, right? Absolutely. Yeah, but we but we, but we both got to the same place, you yeah. know, um, this is, is really funny. My, you know, my, my passion for this stuff came from the examples that was set for me in my family. And what's funny about this, my, I don't, I don't think my parents ever read a book on discipleship per se, or, or any of that stuff. Um, you know, the Bible, yes. And, and, but it was, it was, they were just people of integrity. And they, they love the Lord, especially my mother. And uh, they modeled that destination. And, and so that gave me a desire to replicate and do that. And uh, so, you know, that, that's kind of where we came from. Now, I, I want to quickly say here that, that uh, you can have the best models in the world and your kids not replicate that, okay? I mean, look at Adam and Eve. Uh, God was the greatest father <laughs> or is the greatest father one could ever have. So um, I don't think people ought to be beat themselves up, uh, you know, because there, there's some gaps, but I think they need to press into being that portrait. And it's, it's, it's not perfection. You know, perfect parents don't raise godly kids. Perfect parents raise frustrated kids, right. and uh, but it's 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 integrity, it's transparency, it is honesty. It's when you you know it's apologizing, all of that stuff that models our dependence on Christ. Yeah. But I think earlier on, especially as our children were getting you know um, into school and all that, especially in the school, we always read to them you know at nighttime all that kind of mm -hmm. nights things. But as they were getting into becoming more independent of us because they're in school and all that right. is that we set up some ground rules we yeah. had our um, 
family meeting times. Mm. We had regular goals for our family. We had posted mission statements for our family. And each year, beginning of each school year, Crawford and I and the kids would sit down and say, what do, can we believe God to do? Not only spiritually, but academically and all that. And, yeah, and, then, goals, are, yeah. and then are there people in your, our lives that are godly people that we can pull in, that you can go talk with too? So we did those kinds of things, but it was being intentional about having a family pull together once a month or quarter, whenever we did it. And just had these goals and those things, the expectations of our family, because we wanted them to be missional on this whole thing about family. And we as a family unit are going to do that together. Yeah, and it's easy to hold them accountable to what they said they wanted to do. So rather than us, uh, so we we tripped into that. And, uh, you know, it. uh, I mean, none of them did it perfectly, but the Lord used that in their lives. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was interested to say what you just said there, Karen. I think, you know, so often we think that as parents, we disciple our kids or we're passionate about Jesus and we kind of put it in this its own silo and we don't really talk to them about how their relationship with Jesus affects their academics or yeah. affects their sports or affects their friendship slash boyfriend, girlfriend, or how it affects their, uh, you know, work as they become a, a working at Chick-fil-A or whatever that is. And what you said there is that you said you guys set goals as a family, but they also, in you know, sports, academics, whatever they were. And I think that is so key that we don't just disciple our kids at, around the dinner table. And like, we check that off your box, as you were saying, Crawford, and we just say, okay, complete. And then we go into talking about school or sports and there's no uh, foundation or infiltration of Jesus into that and the relationship we have with them because Jesus is an everyday relationship. It's ongoing. It's a continual thing. It's not something that we just do in the morning and it's over, right? We've got to learn and teach our kids how to push that into everyday life uh, as they live. Uh, I I also, Go ahead. Yeah, I I also think too, Crawford came up with this kind of, I forget whether it was middle school or high school, that each child, you know, when they began their school year, they wrote a letter and then they had to just say what person, especially in our church group or something, which man or woman can you give this letter to that you will be held accountable to? And they yeah, can out, outline their goals. Yeah, yeah outline their goals. So mm-hmm. it's just not what mom and dad says, but this is what you're saying. You're believing God for. And so Mr. Fussell will look at that and later on and ask Brendan, how are you doing? Or Miss Potter can say, well, Heather, how, how are you doing on this part? You know, mm-hmm. something like that kind of a thing. So it takes it out of mom and dad all the time, but some other people that we brought into their lives to disciple them too. Right. Yeah. And, you know, integration is everything, Justin, just like you said, you know, you, you have to you, compartmentalization is the enemy to wholesome Christianity. Mm. You know, when, when you start segmenting your kid's life and you don't connect the dots with it, you, you, you're going to set them up for, for image management. You're going to set them up for walling off things in their lives. And so, you know, I think you have to show how, how Jesus is the center of everything, everything, everything that you do. The Lordship of Christ is over everything. Uh, How do you respond to a ball game that you lost? How do you respond to to a situation in which you screwed up in class and you had a disciplined situation? How how, how do you handle success? And and, uh, how do you handle it when someone's talking about you or even bullying you? How do you respond? The the Lordship of Christ has to be focal, has to be the center of everything. 
And I find, I find that when you compartmentalize, the kids grow up confused. Right. They, they're, they're very confused. And, uh, and so I, I think we need to get back to that, but that needs to be modeled too. Right. Uh, the, the, your, your sixth grader and your 11th grader needs to see mom and dad praying over career choices. Mm-hmm. They need to see them praying about, okay, you know, what are we gonna do in the future? Even stuff like vacations and what have you integrating everything you are because it's extension of you and that creates a culture and it's environment and it creates normalcy. Right. That this is, this is normal. This is how, how we live. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not awkward to bring up Jesus or the Bible or what's going on in your spiritual life at the dinner table. If it's something that you're doing out of the overflow of who you are. Right. 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 I like right. that. That's a good thought there, Crawford. I appreciate that. Uh, before I want to, I want to respect your time and we're going to record a, a, a bonus episode here in just a second about the marriage uh, seven healthy habits. But I wanted to, before we got to the final word, I wanted to ask you this question. Uh, parenting is difficult. Uh, we cannot assume that everybody is a great parent, right? It, it can be difficult. It can be hard. Uh, so I wanted to just ask you two in your, in y'all's parenting wisdom, how did y'all encourage one another when it was a hard season, right? Your, your, your student is, I mean, it's making the wrong choices. It's not doing the right, as you would see them wanting them to do all that kind of stuff. And, you know, for me and my wife, I know that there are some times where I feel like I'm, I'm parenting is okay. And my wife is kind of down here in this Valley and then she'll come up and she feels like it's going well. And I'm like, man, my daughter's not listening. I, I don't know what I'm doing. And, and it, we're encouraging each other or we're either getting frustrated at each other. Right. And so I was going to just curious if you would maybe share some insight on how did you Crawford encourage Karen and vice versa, Karen, like when it's difficult, when it's hard, how, how do you do that? Now you're laughing at me. I don't know if that's a bad question or you're like, well, that's a great question. It's a, it's a <laughs> wonderful question. And, uh, you know, we're human. I mean, we, you know, you, you lose your temper at one of your kids and you get upset and you blow it. And, and, but I think, I think the key to effective parenting is, 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 is a healthy marriage. Right. Even in terms of the failures and the things that your kids uh, go through and this kind of thing, you, you know, I, and I think, I mean, Karen is very, very organized and she's, you know, focused in this kind of thing. And uh, I've got a lot of passion about me and what have you. And I think, you know, we just helped each other uh, learn how to, to listen to one another Um you know, she would have a sixth sense about how the kids might be responding. And, you know, I may have missed that. And uh, and so, you know, we have to talk about it and talk it over with them. And so it was uh, it was the, the, the goal is transparency, right? Mm. Not not perfection. The goal is transparency. The goal is honesty. And uh, so I think when we blew it, uh, we tried to, and I think we did this fairly well, we tried to go back to that child and say, hey, look, I blew it. Or, or you, you have to know seasons of life. And, you know, uh, sometimes when they've, when they've blown it, you got to give them the gift of consequences and put your hands behind your back and close your mouth and let them taste of it. Let them taste the consequences. And uh, control is not necessarily great parenting. Mm. Not necessarily great parenting. You can control, you can control them and raise kids who, who are brittle 
and uh, you know, who don't know the reality that you know, a ship is safe in harbor, but that ain't what it was built for. They're gonna have to set sail right. one day. And you know, and I think I think another thing too is is that uh, um, you have to keep in mind, and you didn't ask me all of this, but this, it, this implies is to not beat yourself up. You know, and I know I, I would do that sometimes. It's just, oh, man, I blew that deal. And, you know, I, I was too harsh on Brendan or Heather or whatever it might be. But you also have to remember that, you know, life is 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 not a snapshot. It's a moving picture. Mm. And uh, that sometimes the results of what you're doing, particularly as you go through those teen years and this kind of thing where they, you know, they're wrestling with certain things and they got to give them the gift of making mistakes and what have you. Um, you just have to you have to buy faith, say, no, this is this is right. And I'm going to be patient here. And uh, whether or not you respond the way I want you to respond, you know, here's the deal. And hopefully 10, 15 years down the road, they'll the lights will come on. Also think, too, there'll come a time where um, moms have to step in and rescue the dads from the daughters because <laughs> We women, we girls, we know what the deal is. And so sometimes um, if I, if you're noticing that the girls are with our daughters are being a little bit whiny or just doing some of that female stuff and my antenna goes up, I'll have to step in and help dad know how to, to I'll take care of this. And the yeah. same way with, yeah, the, boys. with the boys, you know, that's we, right. I could have raised some mama boys, but uh, daddy wasn't gonna have it. Whereas he stepped and he says, okay, Karen, this is time for me to be a man and help these young boys to step up because they're gonna be a man. So we need to sometimes cross and help each other, but then go ahead and work on, you know, moms and the girls and then the dads and the boys, yeah, you yeah. have to step in at that particular time. And then also Brian, and I don't know if he says it's in a book, but he probably meant it. He calls Crawford Grace, he calls me law. <laughs> because I'm a stickler for things. I, and poor Crawford has had to rescue these poor children out of my grip. <laughs> and then sometimes I would have to say, okay, Grace, time is over, Dad. Right. You need to nail it, you know. So yeah. you right. have to, and, and so that that takes that we are having these conversations as a couple right. on the side, and we have a plan, but we have to be wise in that because you can lose you can really lose your mind. Oh my goodness. Listen, I, I understand both of that in regards to my wife. We have, we have one daughter, one on the way, one, another daughter. And like, man, when my daughter starts whining or something, I just want to go pick her up. And my wife yep. just says, hold on, just give me a second. We need to wait. Here you go. So I totally understand that for sure. Yep. Uh, well, before, uh, the last thing I want to ask you guys, this, has, this does not have to do anything with, um, with parenting per se, I just want to see if there's anything that you've read, listened to, seen, article that has really just deeply impacted you uh, as as people, as followers of Jesus, because um, I think all of that stuff can apply to our relationship with Jesus as well as how we parent. So is there anything that you guys have been in and that's really impacted you each individually uh, kind of recently? I don't know recently, but I love um, Tim Kimmel. Tim and Darcy Kimball yes. have, have this ministry called Grace-Based Parenting. Mm. So they'll talk about the whole thing about families, about yeah. their marriage, about the, all, their, all of their resources are uh, absolutely excellent. great. Yeah. From the first book that we know, Little House on the Freeway, we're yeah. talking about raising kids in a frenzy environment, but they really have a great way of navigating through all the different stages and things and saying, 
we can do this with grace, but here are some practical things. So all of their series is really good. I and really, really good yeah. friends too. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree with Karen. I think that that's some of the best stuff that's out there. So anything that Tim and Darcy Kimmel have okay. written, uh, uh, grace-based parenting is, uh, is, is, is excellent. So you can just sort of Google that and uh, some good stuff. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes for our parents as well. Well, Crawford and Karen, thank you guys so much for making the time on this episode of the Parent Point Podcast. Parents, I hope that you've been encouraged and equipped to engage your students and disciple them in a new way. Parents, go and parent like you never have before.